We're in the middle of a series in the book of Mark, um, but today I, I want to take a step out of it, and I'll be honest with you, if I don't finish today, I'll finish this next week. Um, we've, we've had several people um, begin and then many complete uh, our membership process. And so everybody that's a member of Keystone Church, whether you came at the very beginning from the, from the way, way back, um, up until our most recent, there's been a process in place uh, by which we bring people into the church. And uh, I'll know, the, first, the first membership meeting was everybody, <laughs> like everybody that was a part of the church. Like, hey, you know, that was kind of cool. We just like, we prayed and we're like, everybody stay where you're at. We're going to go over some stuff. Um, and I'll remember those well. We've, we've recently um, tried to adjust a little bit and improve our process um, because we want to make sure that when people uh, come on board and become a, a part of the family of Keystone Church, that we know their needs, they know who we are, we know who they are, we can serve people even better. And so we put together this process and, and myself and Pastor Aaron and Pastor Jeff have kind of walked through this and Aaron's kind of taken the, <clears throat> the lead on this. But we, we, as we got thinking, yes, we need a way to bring people on into our church, but we also need a way for those of us that have been a part of the church from the very beginning to kind of say like, okay, am I, am I fully involved? Like, am I fully engaged in everything that we have to offer? Is, are there other opportunities out there maybe that I don't even know about? Or are there just maybe some things that I need to be reminded? And so today, um, I just basically want to speak on the subject of all in. Okay, becoming a fully engaged member of Keystone Church. As I mentioned, we typically preach through books of the Bible. In fact, my Bible fell open to the book of Mark. That's where we've been for the last 14 weeks. So my Bible just, I guess it's, it just opened up there. Um, it's kind of like an app, right? It's the last thing you read. So here it is. But, um, you know, we're in, we're in our 14th, 15th week in the book of Mark, and that's typically what I like to do. But today's a little bit different because I do want to address this, and I do want to be, I uh, want us to be clear, and this is an incredible opportunity we have today to learn even more about how we can be involved in our church. I would be remiss to introduce this without highlighting this statement, Keystone Church is a family. Keystone Church is a family. There are some churches, I would call them teams. There may be an area of the country, and, and there's some of this here in this area, but people will move into the area, move out of the area all the time every couple of years and while you're here, you're a part of the team. We signed you to a two-year contract. And when the other teams find out about you later on, you know, you'll move on. And there are some churches like that, and they function like that, and that's wonderful. Um, I feel like that we've created, and it was my heart's desire to create a family, not that people don't come and go sometimes. I think this morning, uh, I was just thinking about Bill and Lauren Kennedy. And if you've been in our church since the beginning, uh, Bill and Lauren... Lauren helped with our kids some uh, and some of the music and just incredible people and they moved away to be with family and, and man, we miss them. So God does that. I think of uh, the Morrissey family. Steve served uh, faithfully as an elder in our church for, uh, since the beginning for the first two and a half 
years of our church and then uh, relocated. I, God does that. And he will always do that. But the spirit that we try to create within our church is a family spirit. And as Jeff said, we're a family, meaning that doesn't mean we're perfect. In fact, because we're family, you're going to see more of our imperfections. Because family's family. But at the end of the day, we really have tried to create a family spirit. And so each family has family values, things that they hold dear as a family. And I'll be honest with you, when you first start a church, you can say, hey, this is what we want to be as a church. And we did that. I was way too descriptive and had way too many of these at the very beginning. And like, this is what we're going to be. And it was like... And the truth is, those are the things that we just wanted to be. And so now that we're over three years into our church, we kind of hit the reset of like, okay, no, who are we? Because you can't be everything, by the way. And churches that try to be everything wind up being nothing to a lot of people. So you can't be everything. But we've condensed our family values into four things. These are statements that are easy to remember. The first one is this, names are better than numbers. Names are better than numbers. The pastor, the leaders, the leadership families, my wife, we want to know Lisa, right? We want to know Dave. Names are better than numbers. Now, you say, do we keep track of numbers? We do very loosely, very loosely. We have a little group text and a little spreadsheet, but very loosely do we keep track of attendance numbers. Because this morning, I'll be honest with you, I don't care to have a lot of faces out here that I don't know. We want to get to know. We want to know. We want to be known and we want to know. So names are better than numbers. We must and we will commit to continue to keeping the individual important at Keystone Church. Your name. Your name. You aren't a number. You're not one of 110 today. You're a name and you're, you're a specific person and you matter to God and you matter to us because you're a name and you're not a number. You're not a check mark. You're not a pat on the back. You're a person. Secondly, kind of the springboard for all of this, the better thans, is circles are better than rows. That's been since day one. Circles are better than rows. We have rows here. We've added a couple. Just so one day somebody's going to sit in these chairs. I don't know. <laughs> it did move my family up one. We used to sit there. We sit there now. That was, that was the, it's the trick. Um, and I love it when people come and sit in rows. And by the way, we will always be a church for people to come and sit in rows and enjoy Sunday. And we want you to leave here with a, with a positive outlook. And we want you to leave here encouraged every Sunday when you go home. We start at 10, so maybe you can even beat all the other people to the restaurant, okay? Uh, we try to start a little early so you, can get, so you can get to the Mexican restaurant quicker than other churches. But circles are so much better. Circles are so much better. I think of Chris and Joy. They're not here today. They're, they've been out uh, with COVID, but I think of Chris and Joy Lawson, and I remember that this family showed up at a connect group. Y'all old school Keystone members when we were using the Spanish church off of Ellis Road for a summer. And they showed up for like six weeks in connect group. 
before they ever showed up one time on a Sunday. You say, Josh, what'd you think about that? I thought that was incredible. That's awesome. In fact, I tell people, and I mean it, if your boss comes to you and says, I either need you to work Sunday morning at 10 o'clock or whenever the connect group is that you're a part of, I want you to work at that time. I would rather you work on Sunday and attend your connect group. I know I'm the only pastor in America that would say this, but I mean it. I would rather you go to your connect group than to come sit in a row and hear me preach. They're that important. They're that important. I can't even, I won't because it's private. But just this past Wednesday night at our connect group, the conversations that were had, the ones that both happened inside of our group and then the ones that happened in the kitchen afterwards or things like that, just, the, just what happens. See, we believe that our, our church will grow healthier the more circles we have. It'll grow numerically the more rows we have. But it'll grow healthier the more circles we create. Thirdly, identity is better than identical Identity is better than identical. Not to make light of this, but I mean this. One of my best friends who's a pastor, a couple hours away, he says this, if you walk into a church and everybody looks the same, talks the same, acts the same, believes everything the same, run. You just stumbled into a cult, okay? So, (laughs) listen, identity, God created you to be uniquely you with all your little nuances with all my little weird things all right god created me to be uniquely me he created you to be uniquely you and our identity in christ is way more important than us all looking the same and acting the same and being the same no we actually value our diversity we devalue we value our diversity of thought we value our diversity even of belief on on non-essential issues We value that. Identity is better than identical. And then lastly, impact is better than tradition. Don't get me wrong. Please listen to me this morning. There are some incredible traditions that never need to go away. Never. But God help me if a tradition ever impedes us from making an impact on someone's life. Is that fair? God help it. If a tradition and and a holding on to a tradition so tightly would keep us from reaching that lost family, would keep us from serving and blessing that lost college student, would keep us from serving and reaching that, that teenager, that child, that family. Listen, at the end of the day, we will do whatever it takes within the realm of Scripture to reach people with the life changing transforming power of the gospel but we've never done it that way before we're only three years old chill you know we don't have many traditions be okay it's the best thing about starting a church we can try it oh yeah this is great let's try it (laughs) it'll probably fail but let's try it those are our values and our values are what guide who we are and what we do and how we operate and so i hope that this morning you can look through those Names are better than numbers. Circles are better than rows. Identity is better than identical. Impact is better than tradition. And understand that it's valuable and important that we understand as a church that this is who God has called us to be. And as we take steps forward as a church, we stay within these parameters. And when we find ourselves moving away from those parameters, uh, we, we come back. Today, we, did, we partook of the Lord's Supper. 
that's a tradition of the church. It's found in scripture. That's a tradition of the church, and those are great traditions. But God forbid we ever say, the way we just did it this morning, it's exactly what we have to do it every time we do it. No, that's when the tradition turns bad. It's when the tradition turns bad. We must start the service just like we did today, and we must have, no, what if we say we're going to do it on a Thursday night, and you can come and partake of, of it on a special service on a Thursday night? What if we say, hey, we're going to tack it on to the end of the service instead of doing it at the beginning? It's okay. Take a deep breath. You'll still, you're going to be all right. We'll still have church next Sunday. So we have to understand these things. While we want to stay in our lane as a church, we want to give ourselves the creativity to have an impact in our community. So these values, from these values, we want to create a pathway for each and every one of us to gauge whether or not we are fully engaged as a member or as an attender at Keystone Church. You see, this is not just for those who are new to our church. Some of them we're going to be introducing today as new members. No, this is for all of us. As I, as I present this this morning, there are going to be some that you are, it's going to be impossible for you to be a part of all of it. Impossible. The stage of life in which you find yourself, you could not possibly be engaged in every single one of these. So don't think of this this morning as a checklist. Think of this this morning as simply a pathway. Think of this this morning as simply a guidebook. Think of this this morning simply as a way to uh, figure out other areas where you can get involved this morning. So here's the pathway. It's a three-step pathway, and the first step is connect. Connect. We want every single person in this room to understand the value of connectivity. We firmly believe that we were naturally created to connect with other people. In fact, it started from the Godhead, the Trinitarian God. God said, let us make man in our image. The community, the connectivity is modeled from the Godhead all throughout Scripture, from the very first man, Adam. He was, what did he need? He needed Eve for connectivity as that help to come alongside. He needed Eve for many, many different reasons, every reason that every man needs a woman. But we naturally accomplish things in life better when we're connected with others. In fact, just my opinion here as I try to prophesy towards the future, all of this work from home, work and do whatever you want to away from everyone else is going to be good for a certain amount of time. And I believe there's going to be some organizations that say, hey, we're missing something. And you know what, you, you know what I think they're going to be missing? Like sitting down across the table from someone they work with and working together on something. Rubbing shoulders with people. Jesus modeled this connectivity throughout his earthly ministry in Luke chapter number 2 and verse 12. I'm sorry, in Luke chapter number 6 and verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them he chose 12, whom he also named apostles. Simon, whom he also named James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, called the Zealot. Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. Jesus modeled connecting. Jesus could have very easily walked through his earthly ministry on his own. He was fully God. He could have very easily walked through 
everything that he accomplished as a human being, God-man on this earth, he could have done it without connecting with others, but he chose. He chose 12 to be a little closer. He had multitudes that followed him. We see that every time he performed a miracle. There were multitudes that followed him. We just learned he had to get into a boat to get away from them. There were multitudes that followed, but he chose 12 to connect deeper. But even deeper, we see Jesus connect with Peter, James, and John. These three men were with Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration, saw things no human being has ever seen before. When Jesus, uh, They were with him when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. They were with him when he went to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before being crucified and taken. Peter, James, and John. So of the 12 that Jesus said, I want to connect with, there were three that he said, I want to connect even further with. I want to connect even deeper with. And I would see that modeled maybe in our churches. Hey, listen, we have a multitude that we want to come on Sundays. And man, we want, to, we want the, the multitude to be here and we want to connect as much as we can on Sundays. But we want to find that 12, that a little bit deeper connectivity and maybe a connect group. We want to find that a little bit deeper. And then we want to find even maybe within that connect group, we want to find two or three that we can really do that life on life. I can bear my soul. I can trust. I can share. I can develop accountability with. This morning we're called to connect. We see connection was a key in the early church as well. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. In the breaking of bread, amen. That's my life's verse. I'm just kidding. It means so much to me. Uh, but uh, in the breaking of bread and in prayers, then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and then breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The local church, the early church. It was founded and formed upon this idea of connectivity. The church was so connected that they found out someone had a need. And so they would sell something of theirs to help meet that need. And then someone would find out that they had a need. And they would sell something to help meet that need. And before long, they just said, listen, let's just live together in community now. I've heard of, of people trying to do this uh, in, in our current culture, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, I don't, I don't want to be living with Jeff, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, but um, <laughs> he agrees. Um, but the model is there. The principles are there. The principle of connectivity says, if I have something that you need, I freely give it. The principle of connectivity says, hey, if we're going to go out and break bread together as a family, why not break bread with another family? The principle still stands of connecting with those at church. And so our first step is connectivity. Uh, next Sunday, I'm going to be giving you a card that has all of this information on it for you to have. And you'll see ways specifically that you can connect both online and in person here at Keystone Church. But the second step, so connectivity is the first step. We want people connected. But the next step is serve. Connect, serve. Our values don't simply call us to hang out together. Our values don't simply call us to pray together. Our, our, our values don't simply call us to, to go, go uh, fellowship one, one with another at, at homes. And 
It doesn't simply call us to that. It also calls us to serve one another in response to what Jesus has done for us. 1 Peter chapter 4. I know I'm all over the Bible today, and I'm sorry. I usually like staying in one text. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Ooh. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. Serve one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. If anyone ministers, that word minister is another word for serving. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. Every single one of us have things that we are good at that God has gifted us in. Some of them are practical. Some of them are more spiritual. But God has given us those tools and those gifts to serve one another. To serve within his local church. To serve within his local body this morning. Service. Galatians 5.13, for you brethren have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And by the way, our service opportunities here at Keystone Church, we're trying to get even better at this, do not simply involve Sundays, do not simply involve service within the local church, but we also want to provide more and more service opportunities outside the uh, the walls of this church, the bars, outside the walls of this church, Outside the bars of this prison, uh, no, outside the walls of this church, in our community, opportunities to serve, opportunities to serve this this Northgate Park community, this ever-changing Northgate Park community, this Northgate Park community that doesn't know what to do with this church, this Northgate Park community that has questions, that stares, that looks at us all the time and tries to figure it out, that community, that's the community that we want to serve. Let this mind be in you, Philippians 2 says, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was God. He didn't even think it robbery to be called God, but he made himself of no reputation. That's what Jesus did. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, humbly serving, humbly serving. So how can you become a fully engaged member here at Keystone Church? You can connect. And connect deeply. But the next step is to serve. To serve. Today as you leave, where you picked up your, your Lord's Supper elements, there are a couple of uh, sheets there. And there are serving opportunities within the church that are listed there. I want to encourage every person to consider. Maybe, maybe it's something that you could do on a monthly basis. Many of our serving opportunities are on a once a month basis. Maybe you used to do something or you used to serve in some area and you want to get back in. Today, I want to encourage you to take that next step of being a fully engaged member at Keystone Church and and serve. Serve. I promise you, I promise you the more you can serve the Lord's church, the less problems you'll have in the Lord's church. The more you can serve, the more opportunities you see to bless people. And then finally this morning, we have Connect. We have serve, and we have lead. You're going to hear that. Connect, serve, lead. Connect, serve, lead. 
Connect, serve, lead. Get ready. You're going to get annoyed by it. It's going to be awesome. Connect, serve, lead. Connect, serve, lead. Connect, serve, lead. CSL, because I don't even like talking that much. I don't like syllables. CSL, CSL. My daughter has two-syllable name. I call her the one-syllable name, Kel. All right? So I don't like syllables. CSL, CSL. Sarah is a, Sarah is a two-syllable name, but I'm, I'm now down south. Sir. All right? So I just do one. One syllable. Lead. Lead. Admittedly, this third pathway is a little bit under construction. Uh, this is in early developmental stages. But we firmly believe that God has called his people to lead. He's called fathers and mothers to lead their children. He's called husbands to lead their home, his home. He's called mothers to lead their home. He's called church members to lead in the church. He's called church members to lead ministries. He's called parents to lead baseball teams. He's called, Lord bless us, parents to lead PTAs and PTOs. Hey, listen, he may have even called homeowners to lead HOAs. I don't know about that, but uh, I'm pretty sure the Lord ain't in that. But anyway, we believe in leadership. And we believe that inside of every single one of us, there's leadership. How do we know that? Because leadership is simply influence. Leadership is influence. And every single one of us this morning, no matter how young or how old, you have influence. Now, some, some people, they have a larger circle of influence than other people. Others have smaller circles than others. Some people's influence is largely in the church. Some, other, some others of you have influence far beyond the walls of this church. But every single one of us has, in, has influence, no matter how small, no matter how great. And God has chosen us to steward our circles, our leadership. He's called us to use our leadership in a godly way. Because anyone and everyone can be a leader. Because anyone and everyone has influence. You say, Josh, I don't think I have influence. I, no one ever comes up to me and tells me I'm a leader. Well, listen, I promise you. I promise you. You have influence. You remember Charles Barkley back in the day? I was a little kid when this happened, so it might not have happened. I heard a preacher say it, so it may have, they may have been lying. <clears throat> they said that Charles Barkley, in an interview, said, I don't want to be a role model. Tell your kids, I don't want to be a role model. Sorry, Chuck. I think Charles Barkley's probably changed and matured over the years. Sorry, Charles. Not your, that's not your, not your decision. You're a leader, bro. There are people that look up to you. All right, mom, dad, sorry. You're a leader. You're a leader. Teenager in this room, you're a leader. Sorry. People look up to you. You say, no, I promise you. People look up to you. Young adults, single today, you're a leader. You're a, I promise you. Young married couple, you're a leader. You have influence this morning. Let's steward our influence for the kingdom. We see leadership throughout scripture. We, we obviously have already mentioned it in the life of Christ. As he led 12, or he led multitudes, he led 12, he led three deeply in connectivity, but he led 
We see other leadership examples in Scripture that show us right ways and wrong ways of leading Abraham, leading his family, Moses. We studied through imperfect. We know how imperfect Moses was as a leader. Joshua, a wonderful leader that learned from some of Moses' mistakes. King Saul, David, Paul, Peter, others in Scripture. This morning, God has given you a, a circle of influence, a circle of leadership, and no matter how great or small that circle size is, it's important that we steward our, insur- our insurance, our influence well. It's important that we steward it well this morning. Connect, serve, lead. One of the things we want to do in leadership is once a month we want to take a leadership podcast, and this will be completely on anyone who wanted to be a part of this. I would lead a once a month Zoom with a leadership podcast, and we would simply discuss what was talked about. Just simple. How can we be better leaders? We have um, a John Maxwell certified coach in our church, and there's some online options that you can do some leadership development on your own online that we can give, get you information about. We want to do a couple times a year, maybe, maybe even three times a year, we'd like to get everyone together who wants to be a better leader and come have a breakfast on a, on a Saturday morning and bring in a, a local maybe business owner or someone God has blessed that's a strong believer and let them teach us how to be better leaders. We just want to develop. Here's what I want as a church. Five years from now, I want us to look back and be like, man, look at so-and-so. They weren't doing anything in 2021 and serving. And look, at not only are they serving, but now they've served and they love it and they're, now they're, natural, they're leading in that serving area. Now they're leading a part of it. And, now, and I want us to look back and just say, man, God has grown. I've connected better. I'm serving in a unique way. And God has given me opportunities to lead. Being a fully engaged member of Keystone Church. Next Sunday, we will give you a, a card. That card's not a checklist. That card is a pathway. I want to encourage you to keep that card. I'll tell you what my family's going to do with that card. We're going to put it on the fridge where every good thing goes. We'll probably take down some of y'all's Christmas cards. Not going to lie. It's about time. Um, and we'll replace it with this. And every time I go to my fridge, insert joke here, um, I will think about Am I fully engaged? You're the pastor. You, founded, you planted this church. I know. I know. I just need a reminder. Am I connecting properly? There's no telling what's going on back there. Am I connecting <laughs> properly? Am I serving passionately? Am I leading purposely? You can be a fully engaged member. And let me encourage you today. Dive all in. It's okay. Hey, listen. If you dive in and realize you can't swim as well, We got life jackets for you. We'll throw you. We'll help you. But I want to encourage you to dive in. I want to encourage you to dive in. All in. Fully connected. We can fully connect no better. As we mentioned this morning, as Jeff led us into the season of of worship, really. We connect no better than when we connect under the cross. 
In fact, that's the only way we connect. I like sports. Some of you like sports. We can connect on a very superficial level talking about sports. Some of you are into hunting and fishing, and, and ladies, you're into uh, different things that, you know, creativity that you have, and everybody connects superficially, but our deep, true connection comes under the cross this morning. And may I invite you, if you've never come under the cross, and you say, what does that mean, man? You guys thinking about blood, coming under a cross, what is this? No, it's simply this, it's that Jesus died on that cross, and he died because you and I are all born in sin. We're all messed up. We were all born sinners. Not a thing you can do about it. Your parents had you, and there you were, a cute little sinner. And we've lived our lives, and we've made mistakes, some more than others. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. That, that beautifully white shirt that you were wearing has a fingerprint on it somewhere now. There's sin. And no matter how good you think you are, there's a smudge. There's sin. I promise. The Bible says all have sinned. And the way, there's a wage, there's a payment, there's a penalty for sin. By the way, that penalty is true. Someone must die. Wages of sin is death. There had to be death to pay for your sin. And certainly in Adam and Eve's part, that was a physical death. I believe Adam and Eve were created to live forever until sin corrupted them. <clears throat> But it's more than that. It was the death of their fellowship with God. God would come down to the garden and he would fellowship with them every day. And he comes down and they're hiding in a bush. Certainly you could have thought of a better hiding spot. But they were hiding in a bush. And they had covered themselves. So death was not the death just of their physical bodies. It was the death of their relationship with their creator. And every single one of us, because of our sin, there's a death that occurred between us and our creator. Someone had to bridge that gap. There was now separation there. There was us and there was God. But God demonstrated. He wanted to show off. He wanted to make public. He wanted to display his love toward us. Romans 5, 8. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What did his death on the cross do? It bridged the gap. As if Jesus literally laid down his life so that we could be reconciled to God. It bridged the gap between our, us as sinners and our creator God in his holiness and perfection. Jesus died on that cross. He was buried and he rose again. He rose so that you wouldn't serve a dead savior, but that you serve a risen savior who rose in triumph over death. See, death can't hold him. The wages of sin is death. Jesus triumphed over death. He is the Lord of death. He triumphed over death to give you life this morning. If you've never believed on the name of the Son of God, today you can connect no better. You can take no step toward being fully engaged at Keystone any better than believing on the name of the Son of God and connecting to your Creator through Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. 
Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.